Hey, hey, thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. Well, as fortune would have it, you're stuck with me for the next hour. Uh, my uh, guest, unfortunately, that was scheduled, investigative journalist Joe Hanneman, we were talking about, uh, well, some uh, report that he uh, had published on the Epic Times about uh, one of the victims of January 6th, Roseanne Boylan, and uh, we were going to have a conversation about, uh, well, uh, obviously about the January 6th event, and he is unable to make it. He was traveling, and because of delayed flights, etc., he's not joining me this morning, so guess what? That means you can. If you'd like to uh, weigh in on the topics of the morning, here's your opportunity, 715-845-2155. In the meantime, wanted to share a letter to the editor, and this is uh, written uh, by a resident here in Wausau, Orlando Alfonso, who happens to be running for, and this is a guy that has decided to, I don't know, maybe there's a better cliche, I'm not a big cliche fan, but put his money where his mouth is. And not only is he running for one local office, he's running for two local offices. He's running for uh, as an alder in the Wasa City Council, as well as a uh, board supervisor with the Marathon County Board. So all the power to him. And he's been, what he has done, uh, and, and I would say he's done his due diligence. He has attended uh, city council meetings and county board meetings, and he's paying attention. He's reading uh, the agendas. He's looking at the voting record. He's looking at the decisions that are made during uh, at at the both of these county boards, or excuse me, both of these uh, government entities, these uh, uh, government bodies, I guess. And uh, he's decided to put his hat in the ring, and I applaud him for doing so. So here's his uh, latest letter to the editor. He shared with me, I know it was uh, published uh, by, I believe, by the Wasa tabloid. <laughs> we all know who that is. Uh, anyway, here it goes. Perfectly timed, well-scripted, and fueled by the activists, along comes another crisis from which only the government bureaucrat and the experts, in quotes, in academia can rescue us. You've seen the show before. Let's examine the latest scare that has been inflicted on Wassa's taxpayers, the evil lead water pipe. A recent article in the Wassa tabloid, as I like to say, he cites it as a different name or, you know, maybe their official name. I like to use their, you know, more, um, uh, I guess, friendly nickname. Uh, the Wassa tabloid cited the conclusion of, in quotes, expert Jason Fletcher of La Follette School of Public Affairs. Is he related to uh, Doug? Uh, anyway, that lead exposure can shorten the average life by 2.7 months, <laughs> curiously affecting blacks more than whites. How is that? What? What? You know what? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt myself for a second. Last night, my husband and I were watching... Oh, you know, our favorite, well, our favorite, uh, well, we just watched the weather and then Mr. Food. He always has some really scintillating recipe. Some of them look kind of good. But then, of course, that leads to, what do you know, Wheel of Fortune. And there was a commercial about, and let me see, let me think if I, oh, it had to do with uh, tobacco ads. And it was, of course, sponsored by the American taxpayer. It was C CDC stated that... Somehow, blacks are more are targeted 
in tobacco ads. And I said to my husband, I actually rewound it because he was out of the room when the commercial ran. I said, look at this. This is not even factual. The, the tobacco companies aren't even able to run ads anymore, especially not on television, but in any, in any medium. And they're claiming, and of course, this is, this is the, the uh, mentality, this is the narrative that the left wants people to believe. This is more DEI crap that uh, trying to persuade people into believing that somehow, well, somehow everything is racist, I guess. And to bring it to the attention of any anyone that is evidently responsible for it, or we're supposed to be guilted into changing, I guess changing our behavior, or really opening up our wallets to continue to fund this DEI crap. Okay, sorry, I digress. Back to Orlando Alfonso, and this is this is good. I promise I won't interrupt myself anymore. I promise. And then I, of course, will get to your calls as well. Doing the work of three, Larry, Curley, and Moe. All right, so back to a recent article in the WASA tabloid cited the conclusion of expert, in quotes, Jason Fletcher of the La Follette School of Public Affairs that lead exposure can shorten the average life by 2.7 months, curiously affecting blacks more than whites. One should know that his expertise is in the dismal science, not medicine or chemistry, as evidenced by his specious conclusions. First, let me acknowledge that I have no doubt that lead exposure in concentrations and over time is a poison, but there exists no definitive study that shows lead water pipes to be the culprit. The proposed remedy is... $80 billion, but not to worry. $5 million is forgivable. Is this a repeat of PFAS? Millions of dollars for an unmeasurable improvement on another exaggerated pollutant? Of course it is! <clears throat> Excuse me. Second, that science can mathematically apportion different causes of death to those that have already reached an old age seems dubious at best. You know, because, frankly, sorry, interrupting uh, Orlando again, but, you know, Maybe look at your diets. Maybe look at your individual lifestyles. And don't blame it on the Democrat-created, the lefty-created problems that they will want to swoop in and resolve. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. All right, back to Orlando. Unfortunately, big government proponents know how to exploit difficult-to-prove, slow-to-occur, long-term causes of death. Unless it's COVID, right? Did Mr. Fletcher isolate control groups for obesity, smoking, drinking, or stress? Honestly, does anyone die of old age anymore? No, even those that crash in a motorcycle accident somehow died of COVID, right? Third, Mr. Fletcher's racial observation only serves to divide the true scientific community from the agenda-driven science community. As we saw with COVID, physicians and scientists whose independent research didn't agree with that of the governments and who later were proven correct were ostracized, lost funding, and were fired. True science welcomes scrutiny, is never settled, and deplores consensus, but that is an argument for another day. Let me pause for a comical observation. Surely the activists that would have would have us spend $10,000 per household to remove lead pipes in order to recoup this 2.7 month of extended life, would be horrified by the legalization of marijuana, right? Now, for what many believe is really going on, for the past year, like a well-rehearsed show, 
the Snake Oil Caravan, composed of the White House, EPA, Wisconsin DNR, and Sean Karachki, CEO of Community Infrastructure Partners, has rolled into town. They tell us what ails us. And look here, says Dr. Sean, we have the proven elixir right here in our stagecoach. <laughs> this is really good. After a few road trips, some smart people seminars, and just some old-fashioned feel-good schmoozing, local pals are beguiled by the show. And that's not all, says Dr. Sean. If you buy all 80 bottles, you get the first five bottles free. Don't worry about the other 75 bottles. You can pay us later. We'll just call it a loan. Wow. Thanks, Dr. Sean. Now I can help my people with the ailment they don't even know they have yet. And off go the happy pals to rescue their citizens. Okay, okay, so I'm having a little bit too much fun here. Blame the Babylon Bee for my excess. But really, how far away am I from describing this all-too-common big government grift? Create the fear, fund the study, stir up the activists, wine and dine the polls, fleece the taxpayers. That's how it goes. Wassa, wake up! Doug Dinney, candidate for Wassa mayor, is right. Reconsider the CIP, Community Infrastructure Partners, proposal and rationally question the danger of lead water pipes as well. Thank you, Orlando Alfonso from Wassa. And again, he's running not only for Wassa City Alder, but he's also running for Marathon County Board. God love him for doing that. God love him for standing, uh, stepping up and deciding to run for office. And I would suggest to you, if you like what you've just heard, I would ask you to consider helping him uh, run for election. I would ask you to consider do knocking doors for him, making phone calls for him, and spreading the word about his candidacy. You can contact the Marathon County Republican Party and find out how you can help Orlando Alfonso get elected. What a great representative he would be of the people in our community. 715-845-2155 if you'd like to join the conversation this morning. Good morning, you're on with Meg. Oh, good morning, Meg. Um, I like to. Hello, Carol. <laughs> oh, you remember me? Oh, that's a... <laughs> I'm a bad toad. But anyway, I want to thank you for bringing up Mr. Alfonso. I think he's an excellent person. Of course, I'm only a little peon in this community, but I think I would. So you know, am I. I think he should. We should vote for for him. And also, I want to thank you for bringing the the capital bombing those bombs that there were found. And I think that this is very interesting of what, you know, our vice president, who, well, she was going to be nominated, or she was up for, what do you call it? And they take the vote. Re-election? Yeah. And anyway, I think that she never told us about these bombs. You know, what, what, is, what is the thing that is keeping her from silence? You know, if someone was going to put a bomb by my yard, I would certainly broadcast it, or I'd bring it to your attention. And anyway, but also I want to take and talk about this bus driver because I'm a bus driver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that the, the bus driver. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I want to pick pick your pick someone's brain about this. This bus driver who was what had enough of these kids that were misbehaving, and she decided to go to the bus garage. Do you think that's egregious? Oh, hey, I think it's the right thing to do yeah, because do that's the. What I think this woman. She all those places in Tomahawk are out in the country. 
And if you take and pull over on the highway road, you may get hit by a, a drunken driver or someone on drugs or someone that doesn't see you at that hour of the day because that's, not, you know, getting toward dusk and maybe nighttime. And um, I just really think they should think this over because, you know, if us bus drivers are going to be sued or brought to court for these kind of things, then, you know, and the parents should know how their kids behave. Sometimes when they're taking a trip and you've got the two kids arguing and back and disrupting you, you, you don't want to take time to shut the, uh, your, pull your car over and reprimand them. You just keep going. Right. Well, I mean, what if, what if, her, her, um, what well, if her life had been threatened in some way? Would she have been uh, charged with some sort of crime in, in that? I mean, I, as a woman, wouldn't want to be on a bus with a bunch of, oh, my gosh, I just, God love you for your willingness to do it, but to, to with a bunch of unruly kids? I mean, I had two boys, yeah. and if there was any misbehavior going on in the back seat, don't make me come back there. But yeah. I would pull the car over wherever we were, and I'd say, you know what? If you don't knock it off, you're going to get out and walk, and I don't care how long it takes you to get home. You're gonna you're either going to behave or you're done. And, I mean, I don't blame her at all for that. No, I don't. I, I think that, you know, like I, I used to take trips, here in Wassa, I took a trip from Wassa East to a, a, a middle school, and, and or, uh, a grade school, and the kids were so disrupted. The teacher was on the bus, and we were driving along, and we came to the railroad stop, and I had to stop, and the children were not shut up, and they just kept on, you know, I says, well, if you're going to keep talking so that I cannot do my job right properly, then you take and we'll sit here until... Lunchtime is over, you'll get back to school late, and you won't, you know, and all the cars behind me will be really angry at us. So, anyway, finally the teacher did speak up and told the kids to be quiet. But, they, you know, kids are not, and these are the, nor, the normal kids that are, that are driving these buses, and they're not the ones that have issues that we deal with. And also, I, I, like, they've been putting, uh, our monitors are now expert teachers on our bus, which I have because I drive kids with issues. And I, I think that it's a good thing. And uh, school uh, teachers are now driving school bus before the hour of, before they go into work and teach our kids. So, I mean, there, there's something very wrong. I don't think that they, they, the only thing I can think that they might get her on is the fact that maybe she didn't take the keys out of the bus or maybe she, you know, left the uh, you know, she didn't lock the kids in the bus. They could get out. But the fact is, the parents knew where they were. They were safe and sound. They weren't on a highway where they could have got bashed in. And Well, so i got to ask you a question about this. What kind of, I, and, and, you know, honestly, I know there's a shortage. There's a shortage of every employee out there. But there's a shortage of, of, of school bus drivers. So what kind of support are you offered? Or are you, I mean, are you instructed if, if there is a situation like that, what are you supposed to do? What's the alternative? Well, uh, they would say, well, take and pull over, call the police, and, you know, wait for the police. That's why I, I said I would never pull over on a highway. I was stranded out on the highway with, with a broken-down bus, and I know how these people are anxious to get home. You know, I was going between here and Merrill, and I says it was not a pleasant, you know, feeling that I had. You know, I thought, oh, just... Uh, to be pulled over on the highway like that is not good. But I think she protected the kids, and she did the right thing. Yeah, I think she did the right thing, too. Yeah, because and, and the parents knew they were safe at the bus depot, and I think that, you know, 
I don't think they they can get her on any. Well, maybe the loud radio, but they said she said that now they they know what it feels like to to not be listened to. And I says, which is good because I've had that experience too. And I I think that uh, you know the parents have to think about this. Right. If we can't, if they can't get bus drivers to drive their kids to school, they're, they're going to have to do it themselves. That's yeah. right. If you start taking, you know, like. I'm I'm for bus drivers because I've been driving now for 15 years, wow. and I I love the I love children, and I think they're worth saving, and I think they, there's a lot of issues that you know between home and and when they get on my bus and and, and everything. But I think that we have to you know think of the child, and I think she she thought of getting them home so safe. Well, it's not like she. I mean, it's not like she, I, I mean I I would be more concerned as a parent if she had abandoned them on the road somewhere. I mean, I would I would have preferred that, you know, she's it's it's presumably a safe place to go back to the, and, to where the buses are parked. And I when you think you got 41 kids on a bus and you're the only one. There might be some a few others that are well behaved, but you know, all you do is get a couple of kids to start getting these kids all riled up and pretty soon you have a, you know, utter chaos. It's, right. it's hard right. to handle kids. Yeah. So, well, hey, Carol, thanks for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. I, I'm really glad that you that you brought this topic up because I'd heard it reported and I just thought, what the heck? And she, now she has a disorderly conduct on her record. And, you know, and I just think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, what an insult to her. And that's what I, I wrote down because I they, my manager says, write the kids up. So I wrote, wrote them up. And I says, in one of my letters, I, uh, that I wrote, when I wrote it up, I says, it's my license. It's my reputation. It's it's probably going to affect my insurance too. You know these things. You know, you don't. You're not protected by the bus. You know by the, these companies too much. Much I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean I just because I, you I, I, heard... I, I do. My heart goes out to her, and and I mean I can't even imagine. As I said, I could barely handle driving my car with two naughty boys in the back seat. I know it. I... And and I mean to imagine. Other people's kids. I mean, I, I, I give teachers a lot of credit, too, yeah, yeah, for so. wanting to spend their days with other people's kids. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's got to be rough. Well, Carol, thanks. Very it's, nice to hear from you. I hope you have a wonderful day. You, too. Thank you. Thank you. 715-845-2155 if you'd like to join the conversation this morning. You know, I, 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 I'm glad, I really am glad that Carol brought that up because, you know, I initially... When I heard that she, I mean, I don't know how many charges, essentially, I think there was a charge, it was, was it like child endangerment or something, and I think it was the number of children that were on the bus, I, I suppose that's what it correlated with, but I just thought, uh, and, and, and I mean, I guess she had to be sentenced, or she had to uh, have some sort of charge, although I guess if I were her, and I'm not, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm not an attorney, nor do I play one on the radio, but I, I almost would have said, you know, I'm not going to plead guilty to any of this because, I, you know, maybe that was the best deal she was going to get. But imagine, you know, her name's in the media. I don't remember what it was. But, you know, I think that that's obviously, I mean, I'll tell you something. I know, I know what it's like. I've been pulled over before for speeding. And, and I don't know about you, but... I do, you know, there's something, I, I have a respect for law enforcement. Okay, you could argue, well, if you had a respect for law enforcement, Meg, you wouldn't have been speeding in the first place. Well, yeah, good point. However, 
I do. I mean, you initially, I mean, you see the red lights behind you and, you know, you're pulled over and you have to obviously provide your driver's license and proof of insurance. You kind of feel sort of like a criminal in a way. And, you know, I suppose that's 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 how it's supposed to be is, is that that's your conscience convicting you. But let me tell you, I mean, I, I can imagine how she must be, you know, you know, what what is going through her mind now and, you know, whether or not, you know, again, I look at the bus company and I wonder if they're thinking, gosh, should we have one less bus driver now or maybe the bus bus company, maybe they provided uh, a, a, appropriate um, advice to their bus drivers to give them, um, you know, to give them tools to use in order to. Uh, uh, you know, have, you know, in order to face some sort of situation, in order to address some sort of situation. But I've, I've seriously marveled at how, I mean, how could you be a school bus driver? And, you know, I, I'll, again, I give a lot of credit to Caller Carol that has, has a heart for children. And, you know, I guess that's what you'd have to have to be spending as much time as you do. And then to be able to focus. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I ran a tight ship with my kids. And if there was too much noise, especially if they were drowning out a good song on the radio, just kidding, maybe not. But I would just be like, listen, keep your, you know, Shut it because I need mom needs to focus on driving. I can't even imagine multiply uh, the, the, the amount of noise. I mean, it's exponential when you're talking about, well, more than two or more than one. But I, I mean, I just I would I would be uh, it, it's not a good career choice for Meg. I'll just say that. OK, so I'm going to take a quick break and I will be happy to. And I apologize. I know the lines are lit up. I apologize. I will happily take your calls on the other side of this news break. 715-845-2155 on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. 